Turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. Uh, thanks, Cody and Sarah and the rest of us. <laughs> um, thanks for that. And uh, I mean, let's face it, the bass has very little to do with it. All right, so uh, I can thank them. Um, you know, those songs, are so, they're filled with such important truths for us and... Um, you know, they're selected very strategically, and um, we really look at the whole night together as one big journey. You know, it's not the music part and the preaching part and the announcement part and the hangout part. It's kind of all one big thing, and we try to fit them all together very well. And um, what Cody referenced and what that, especially that last song talked about, is just the presence of God. Um, that is such an important thing for us to keep in mind when we're looking at the topic of being able to hear His voice. Um, as I said earlier, sometimes people say that you know, God told them to do something, and uh, for some that makes perfect sense, and in other times um, it's, it's hard to know what to do with that statement when someone says that, especially when people do things because God told them to, but yet those things are very inconsistent with who God is. You know, a lot of the pain caused in our world are done, is done in the name of like, this great cause that God told them to fight for or to do something for. You know? And so it's a very uh, tricky subject sometimes. Um, it's one across world religions. It's, it's one within Christianity that's hard to understand sometimes. It's in our own lives. We, we're, we're seeking God's will for us, and we, we want Him to like, show us what decisions to make and how to conduct ourselves and how to lead our families, how to lead our church, how to lead our city, you know, hopefully. And um, that's just, it can be a really difficult thing. And. Hearing his voice specifically within that greater topic is like, it's like something I want to kind of just focus on tonight. Um, the whole series, we'll, we'll get to the, like, God's will part of this whole thing. But tonight, I just want to talk about that real specific idea of his voice. You know, when you hear the word voice, it implies something that's audible. You know, it's, it's, it's him speaking. We say that, you know, God told me this. And then the Lord just said to do this, so I did it, you know. And, um, and then we see it in the Bible as well. You know, it's like, well, how did Moses know what to do? Well, God spoke to him and told him. God spoke to the prophets and through the prophets. And we see that so much. You get to the New Testament, you see Jesus. So then Jesus did all the talking, and that was probably way easier to understand, right? Uh, and then Jesus ascends, and the Spirit comes. And then the Spirit is leading people to do things. He's empowering uh, these, these sermons and these letters and these amazing miracles to happen. And, and all throughout the Bible, we see God speaking. We're made in His image. We speak, we listen, we interact. That's a part of how we're, we're made to reflect Him. And so, if God, Father, Son, Spirit, if there's dialogue there, and He's brought us into that relationship with Him, then there's dialogue between us. And so the problem comes on our end of figuring out, how do I know when, when it's him and when it's me and all that kind of stuff? And so if you think I'm about to answer all your questions, then I'm very, very sorry, because that's never going to happen. Um, I, in fact, I may give you, you may walk out with more questions than you had beforehand. So you're welcome for that. Um, 
But I, I just kind of want to make three broad statements uh, about uh, things that we see in Scripture that can help inform us as we're kind of tackling this subject. And so I'm going to have to spread this out over several Sundays because we don't want to be here till midnight. And so uh, you just need to keep coming back, check out the podcast, that kind of stuff. Um, let me. Get, there's three statements about his voice, and uh, I worked really hard to make them all sound the same. So if you're taking notes, you're all going to start with his voice something, okay? All right. Um, we're going to get to 1 Corinthians 2 in a little bit. I just want you to just stay put there, but there'll be some other references and stuff that'll come and go. Um, the, first, the first point is this. His voice becomes easier to discern over time. His voice in your life, in my life, in our corporate lives, in every life, that in anyone that is tied to him, it becomes easier to discern his voice over time. It is a natural part of discipleship. With, and by discipleship, uh, that idea is like jumping into Judaism where you had a rabbi and you had his disciples. And his disciples would literally follow him around everywhere that he went. And uh, I've, I talk about this often. You know, they would listen to everything he said and they'd watch him and they would try to imitate him. And their goal was to become just like their master teacher. Um, well, day one with the rabbi, you, you don't know him very well. Three years into that, you know his voice really well, right? His voice, God's voice becomes easier to discern over time, just like all of our voices over time become that. If you're married, probably the first time that you met your spouse, their voice, you didn't hear them say hello, and it was like everything just fell right into place. It was magic, right? Over time, though, you just know their, you know their voice, you know their tone, you know their inflections, you know their grunts. You know, you know all those things about them and what they're communicating. It's just so naturally part of a relationship. And we, we need to think about discerning God's voice in a like, very relational kind of way. So just like in our relationships, it's easier to discern over time. It's the same thing with Jesus. Um, in John ten twenty seven, Jesus says... Uh, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He's brought us into his flock. He, he talks and interacts with us as though we are sheep. Read the 23rd Psalm. It's, it's perfect. I mean, it's just right there. Um, that leadership in our lives, we will learn it over time. Um, in 1 Samuel 3, uh, you don't need to turn to it, but there's a... There's a story that kind of illustrates this, and I'm not going to read the story to you, but you seem to know it's, it's in the Bible. Um, you have this, you have the, a young boy named Samuel, and he's uh, he's serving and learning in the temple from Eli, who is this uh, aging priest. And um, the, in the middle of the night, Samuel, who's a, he's a boy, he hears uh, his name called. He gets up and he runs into Eli's room. He says, "Hey, uh, what do you need? I heard you call my name." Eli's like, I, that was, I didn't call your name. You know, so he confused boy, probably goes back, lays back down. Uh, he hears the voice again. Someone call his name. He gets up, goes into the room, and he's like, I'm here. What do you need? You called my name. Eli says, I didn't call your name. He goes back. Third time, he hears his name called, goes into the room, and then Eli realizes what's happening. And what's happening is that God is speaking to Samuel, the boy, but Samuel doesn't know what's going on. He's, he thinks it's Eli, because who else would call his name in the middle of the night? But, but Eli knows this is what God's doing. So he tells the boy, go back and lay down. And when you hear it again, 
Uh, you just speak to the Lord and say, uh, your servant is listening. And so I'm sure the kid was like, uh, okay, that's weird. So he goes back, hears it again. He speaks up and he says, uh, Lord, your servant is listening. And then God speaks to him. And, and what happens in that exchange is you have, you have a seasoned veteran teaching someone younger how to, like, how to hear God's voice, that that's what's going on in this situation. In a very similar way, all of us are coached along in our walk with God and learning how to figure out what he's telling us to do and how to discern that and what we're supposed to do. It's why our relationships are so important. It's, it's, it's a part of why we do community groups. It's a part of why um, we're, we're constantly trying to interact and engage and involve other people in our lives because we're all learning together to recognize when it's God calling our name versus when it's someone else calling our name. And so in some ways, we're, we're Eli. We're the, some of us are, are, it's not some of us like inclusive, like some, some among us play that role. Or you've walked with God for a while, and you kind of you kind of understand how some of those things work, and you're teaching the younger ones to figure that out. And then we we prayed about this before the service tonight. There's a whole group of little ones over there who are going to learn, and where are they going to learn it from? All of us, and in your homes. So we have to all be on the same page that this is something that we learn about over time. So with with that in mind, let me just uh, you need to give yourself a break, okay? You give yourself a break. If hearing God's voice and, and getting a really confident sense of his leadership in your life is an area of insecurity for you, if you beat yourself up about it, if you question, you question your, your whole relationship with God because of it, you need to calm down. Okay? You need to calm down. It's something that you learn over time. It doesn't need to build insecurity because the pressure is off of us. God's not pressuring us to hear his voice and discern his voice. He, he desires that, just like all of you parents desire great, wonderful things for your kids. He desires that, but he's, there's no pressure that's on us. However, if, if you are frustrated because you don't really discern his voice very well, but you never ask or seek or knock... If you never pray, and you don't listen, and you don't ask for things, then you know what's not happening? You're not developing and sharpening the skill of hearing His voice. If you're frustrated, but yet you never pray, then you're frustrating yourself. And so sometimes we have to keep in mind that those who discern really well, they pray often. And prayerlessness is not helping you learn to hear God's voice any better. Does that make sense? So if we want to get better, we have better at hearing and discerning, we have to be faithful in asking and seeking and knocking and listening and obeying and all those interactive things. But I know how it is. When you feel like you're not going to hear anything, it makes you not want to ask. But we need to start from the other end of the equation. The only way to get better at listening and discerning is to be faithful to ask. So even if, that, even if that leads to a path of frustration for you, you need to know it's actually leading to a lot of goodness for you. And that your grace, gracious, loving God is there to help you sharpen that skill. Alright, so that's the first point. His voice becomes easier to discern over time. Alright? Second point. His voice doesn't sound like you may expect. 
You might, you, you might be right on point, but a lot of times we kind of expect something different when it comes to like, uh, like God's voice speaking into our lives. Um, we'd all love to have what Moses had, right? We'd all love to be able to walk outside, find the closest like azalea bush, you know, and it just like bursts into flames and starts speaking to you, you know. Say, yes, take this job. This is the one for you. Yes, marry this person. Yes, buy this car. Yes, sell this car, you know, whatever. Wouldn't that be nice if that's how everything worked? If God was just, he was that audible all the time in every situation. And that's the thing about a voice. That's what, it kind of brings that connotation that you hear it. But his voice doesn't sound like we expect it to sound all the time. Um, let me read you something from 1 Kings chapter 19. You're probably familiar with this too. Um, so this is by Elijah. It says, He came to a cave and he lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here? And Elijah just basically, he, this whole thing is, he just feels like, every, like the wheels are coming off of everything. And there's all these problems. And he's like, kind of like the lone survivor of this whole like, faith in God thing. And he's kind of whining. Um, and then, so verse 11, God says, uh, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. Then a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And then a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? That story uh, can easily be like twisted into something it's not supposed to mean, but Mount Carmel was known for these big, loud, huge acts of God. Really obvious things. And yet here God comes and He does all these big, loud, obvious things, and, but He wasn't in those. He was in this low whisper. That low whisper... Uh, the ESV study Bible calls it a thin silence. Here God is showing up in a way that was not expected. And so for us, in hearing His voice, we, really, we have to have uh, a really wide set of expectations when it comes to what that voice can sound like and feel like and how He can show up. There are times when that voice is really obvious. I mean, like, really obvious. And if you can't name a time when, that when his voice has been really obvious to you, um, then it's okay. Because I think most of us maybe have like two or three in a lifetime probably. But most of the time, it's, it is that it's in more of the like low whisper, thin silence kind of category. It's not always as we are expected. And the reason I want to make that point is because when our expectations are too narrow, then we're asking, we're asking for guidance, we're asking for help, we're asking for a word from the Lord, and we're not getting it in the way that we expect to. And we get frustrated, and so we default to other things. We default to logic, we default to our circumstances, we default to the opinion of other people. You know, we kind of straw poll all of our friends and see what they think we should do. 
It's so easy to default to that because, you know, it was like, well, I prayed about it and God didn't tell me anything. Or, you know, I mean, I, I prayed about it, but, you know, whatever. I can't, I can't tell. So I'm going to ask you guys. Or I'm going to make a pros and cons list, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I'll talk in a few weeks about the role that circumstances should play and the role that logic should play and the role that our community should play. Yeah, but, but like the, the first thing we're going for is asking him directly, God, will you, will you show me what to do? Will you tell me what to do? Will you help me? Will you give me a word? Will you lead me clearly? And so we have to have a very wide set of expectations with that. We have to, to kind of have, what, in part, what God was showing Elijah here. It's like, hey, I don't always show up in these ways. Sometimes I'm showing up like this, in this very thin whisper. And so you've got to listen, you've got to pay attention. And if that worries you, let me remind you what Cody referenced a few minutes ago about the vine and the branches, and he read it. That you, as a Christian, you can hear from your God. You can. I don't, I don't care what sort of exceptions you want to make. I don't care how you see yourself differently or how... Uh, any, any objection that you may have to that or that I may have to that really gets shut down in light of passages like John 15. That He's the vine, we're the branches... And in a vine and a branch, when you, get, when you are inside and you know, all those fibers are all connected to each other, it's hard to see where one ends and the other one starts. Because there's a unity that is there with you and Jesus. And so, His voice is something you learn to discern over time, yes. And it doesn't always show up in the way that you think it will. But you can hear the faint whisper because you are connected to Him. You're unified with Him. You, you can do this. You really can. And our confidence level, corporately, is, is not as high as it needs to be. And I know that from dialogue. I know that from uh, the 30 days of prayer last year when we were asking God for specific things. And so much of the feedback that we got had this thread running through it of, I mean, this might not be the Lord, but you know, I kind of think this. I mean, God didn't really like speak to me about it, but, you know, this. We're so hesitant to say, the Lord gave me a word, and this is what it was. And I understand why we're hesitant. And I believe that God wants us to grow in our security of that. And to know He's teaching us. And because we're connected to Him, and He is in us, that that connection means that we can hear from Him. Whether it's in the form of an earthquake, or whether it's in the form of a thin whisper. We can hear from Him. You can hear from Him. There's no branch that's in the group of branches that He just doesn't really care about communicating to. He's big enough to take care of all of us. Alright, so here's the third point. And this is the one that that I'm going to probably struggle to make the most sense of. Um, So I hope that you can hang in there with me. Uh, because it, and, it, and this is the one that I think, I think those two are important, yes. But this one, I, th- I feel like, could be where some of us are like kind of a little bit shaky. Here's the third point. His voice sounds a lot like your voice. Oh, right? What a nightmare. 
His voice sounds a lot like your voice. Um, all right, so look at look at First Corinthians chapter two. When I say his voice sounds like your voice, I'm not talking about your speaking voice. I'm talking about your thinking voice. You know that voice. You know that voice when you're kind of you're kind of like thinking in your mind. You know that voice when you're talking to yourself. You're driving down the road and you're just you're just thinking. You're running through something. You're running through something. That that voice. His voice sounds a lot like that voice. And this is why. Look at First Corinthians chapter two, starting in verse six. So Paul is defending his ministry, so to speak. He's explaining some things, and and so I want to. Read when we go through the passage. We need to understand that he's talking about his ministry in Corinth and that kind of stuff. But there's some things that he says that when when we pull some of the principles out of it can inform this discussion right here. Okay, so verse six he says, um, "Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away." But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Okay, now notice the use of capital S, spirit, versus lowercase s, spirit. Capital, capital S, spirit, is like the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, and like, like Trinity, Holy Spirit. Lowercase s, spirit, is like our spirit within us. Alright? Um, so verse 10, he said, These things, talking about all the, the wisdom of God, uh, has been revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So, so your Spirit, you know yourself. You know the real, like the real you. You know the things that never are spoken and never acted on. You know yourself thoroughly. Even the people who are closest to you in life don't know you as thoroughly as you know yourself. So who knows who you really are? Your spirit. Um, And then, so that's verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So your spirit knows you thoroughly. The Holy Spirit knows God thoroughly. Okay, those two things are like important to for us to uh, reconcile. All right. So then, verse twelve. Now we have received the spirit of the world. Oh, I'm sorry, we have not received the spirit of the world. That's an important word. Now we have not, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, capital S, who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. So here's what he's saying. In his ministry, saying, hey, we're ministering in Corinth, but we're not doing so by worldly wisdom, that God has given us his spirit. His spirit that knows him thoroughly, he has given to us so that we can understand what God is doing and who he is and what he wants. 
This indwelling of the Holy Spirit, capital S Spirit of God, is what is empowering their ministry. And if you are a Christian, you are in Christ, then this is your reality as well. That the Holy Spirit of God has, has, has been given to you, is dwelling in you, so that you can understand who God is, and what God wants, and who you are, and what He wants for you, and what He has for you. Let's keep going. Um, 13. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. He's saying, look, everything that's going on here, every bit of teaching that we're doing in ministry, it's all being done by the Holy Spirit of God at work among us. It's not worldly wisdom. What we do and how we do it in ministry makes no sense outside of this. Like in this world around us, it didn't make any sense. But in God's economy, in God's kingdom, in God's structure, it makes perfect sense. Verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they're folly to him, and he's not able to understand them, because they're spiritually discerned. So, outside of the kingdom of God, outside of, of Christianity, people look at us and they think we're crazy. And certainly, when we start saying, well, God told me to do this, so I did it. Okay, that probably is perceived as a little bit wacko by people who don't understand this indwelling spirit thing. That's what Paul's saying. He's like, look, people are going to be critical, and they're going to not understand things, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that we're wrong. It's just this is happening in a whole different realm. When you're in Christ, you're in a completely different realm. That's what he's trying to help them understand. Look at verse 15. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of who? Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Now, verse 10 says that this is, all these things are revealed through the Spirit. Verse 12 says that we're given the Spirit so that we might understand. Verse 16 says that we have the mind of Christ. Here and in other places in the Bible, we see this unity, this deep, powerful unity that happens. Um, I brought these boxes just to illustrate a part of this. I've used this, I brought this from uh, Louis Giglio many years ago. Some people call him Louis. I, I call him Louis. Um, and I've used this many times, but, but sometimes it's just helpful to, to see something visual that when you become a Christian, here's this thing, it says Christ, that like Christ, the Spirit of God, like Him literally Himself comes to dwell inside of you. Um, and live inside of you. And so I referenced this last week. I recently moved. And um, like abiding, that's what it means. It means that you like completely set up residence inside of something. So if an army invades new territory and they begin to like set up all the tents and you know, all, the, all that kind of stuff. And they begin to like dwell in this valley and they're going to abide in this valley. They're setting up shop. And so when I moved, I took all my stuff from over there and moved it to over there. And now all my stuff is in this new place and I'm learning to dwell and learning to abide in this new house. That Jesus, when you become a Christian, goes inside of your life and literally dwells inside of you. He brought all his stuff. He brought all his boxes and his dishes and he brought you know, all his clothes, you know, his sandals and his cloak. You know. 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, he brought all of his stuff. And he's living inside of you. Like through his spirit is dwelling inside of you in a very literal way that this pales to really fully explain. But that's happened for you. And then you are inside of here because John 15 says that um, he says, abide in me and I in you. And so he's not only moved inside of you, but now you've, are, you're setting up shop inside of him. And so you're learning how to do this. And so a reality like this, I think greatly informs this third point that says that his voice sounds a lot like your voice. Like your inner, you're like your thought voice. You know why it sounds a lot? Because that's where he lives. That's where he dwells. He's guiding your mind. He's guiding your, your, your will. He's guiding your heart. He's guiding everything about you, like from the inside. He's not this external voice that's only like telling you what to do, telling you what to do, telling you what to do. He's also inside of you, like empowering that and making that happen. Have you ever had a parent or a boss or someone, someone in authority over you tell you to do something, but they didn't, you just had to go do it? Like it even if you couldn't do it, you had to do it because they told you to do it. Well, here God's saying, hey, I want you to make, I, this is the choice I want you to make. And I'm going to help you to like, empower that and live that out. And the reason why you and I can hear from God is because he's inside of us and he's all around us. And this reality, him abiding in you and you abiding in him, that right there is why his voice sounds a lot like your voice, because it's all mixed up into one big thing in a really cool way. I'm going to put this down here, okay? Because I'm going to knock it off, and that's going to be weird. There's this unity of mind and heart. And that abiding, it's, it's something that you learn to do. So I moved in this house a couple of weeks ago, and the first like week, it just felt like I was house sitting. You know, I couldn't, I didn't know where anything was. I didn't know what the different creaks of the house, you know, sound like. I didn't, I didn't know how things worked. I had a gas stove. I never used a gas stove before. I was like, probably gonna blow up my house, you know. So I'm experimenting with everything. I'm like, still today, I I found something today in the house I didn't even know was there. Like, huh? I'm learning to abide in this house. Jesus is, he's not abiding in you, but you're learning to be abided with. Voice varies within you. And so if you've, if you've ever been praying about something, is that God or is that me? Is it God or is it me? Asking it and, then, and then, you ever done that? It sounds like you. But sometimes that, and that's forth in your mind is what drives us crazy. You feel like, you know, in like TV shows or cartoons where like someone, there's like a character there and then like they have like an angel them on one shoulder and like a devil them on the other shoulder, you know, and they're, they're both whispering in the ear to go back and forth. Sometimes you feel like that's like a real thing. And sometimes that's what wrestling with God sounds like. Or a word. There are times when, I'll tell you one, sometimes it's a phrase when that's happened. Or real specific things, this is the most recent one, but when I'll keep using, we had three or four. Like when it was time to, uh, Lord, when when things got real. If you ever bought a house, you know there comes a point where it's all speculative, and it's like, okay, today is about to get real. And I was about to call call this guy back who was going to buy my other house, and 
I was really like just like, okay, Lord, one last one last opportunity here to like make that azalea bush catch on fire and tell me what to do. I'm praying. Um, he didn't do that. He's in my head. But as I really got this phrase, I test it, you know. I didn't that that that's the Lord telling you. I didn't have to. Like I was like, cool. Now, did I get that put on a T-shirt? Did I, have I told a bunch of people that? No, not till tonight. <laughs> but but as soon as it happened, I just I, it was just distinct. And did it sound like James Earl Jones? No, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. It sounded like this different voice when I'm thinking stuff, and it drove me. But it was different. I knew it was. Different. And so when people, people, and it's what I needed to move, you know. What I want to tell them. The, the short version, why did you tell me to move? The long version of it is too long to tell right now. But God's leadership in that was just, it was just what I needed in just the right ways. But that was the only time it was like a phrase. So sometimes it's a phrase, sometimes it's just a sense. You know? You just get a sense of not what he wants you to do. And it's just, there's just no better word. You just get a sense, like this is, just, it's peace. This is a wrong thing. You know, your senses voice, it's just it, that shalom that's there. You just, it's peace. Sometimes it's jumbled. There's that, sometimes you're asking him stuff and everything. It's just all like, just jumbled up and whatever. And, and you're sitting there being like, well, either, either he's, he's not being clear or I'm not hearing him right. I think we all know whose problem is there, but. But sometimes he does have that, you know, like Charlie Brown's teacher kind of vibe going on. You know, we're like, I hear you saying something, but you sound like trombone, you know. Uh, easy and on everywhere, you know. You then you usually just wait. Sometimes it's kind of jumbled and kind of uneasy, clear. You know what you do? Sometimes it is a little jumbly. Sometimes it's just wait till it's, you know, like when I was, had to call the guy back. So I was praying and I just immediately it was like, don't be greedy. And when it's immediate, you act in faith, you know. But sometimes you're praying, and, and it's, it's, there's a delay that's there. And so when there's a delay, you wait in faith. Right? His voice takes different forms. But we need to understand that he, uh, he, hearing his voice all the time is him guiding in the right our thoughts and, and faithful to ask and seek and wants, obey and to test things, our job is to be faithful. Our, our job is to have a really Christ-focused process by which we're seeking His will. And He does the guiding. We'll look at circumstances and logic and voices of other and stuff like, others and stuff like that in the coming weeks. But that, there's a college students for alum. Um, Close with this because, like I said, often I've used this with Cowboy and probably just give us more things to. Th- I just want to close, but I'm not going to answer a lot of your questions. Other than we'll just get to know the Lord. That's really uh, that sums up the whole sermon. Just get to know Him. You'll you'll learn His voice. It doesn't sound like it's not the same way every time. It's maybe not what you think, but you can you can hear Him. You can. It's what it, He of course desires to communicate with us. I got to the point where I. But for me, when like in my discipleship and in growing, when I got that he's going to guide me for some booming voice, relational way, and realize that and direct my thoughts, 
lead me in a real and get my mind to line up with my heart that's already known. He's gonna He's gonna put me on the same page with him. Like that's how it, he wants it to happen. And when I need to know, I'll know. When I need to discern, I'll discern. When I need to hear, I'll hear. But I just need to keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking, and be ready to obey. And don't let prayerlessness be the be my life. things or reason for not hearing his voice. There's some delight and close with this thing. And he will give you the desires of your Lord. Kind of reads strange English because it sounds like whatever you want. And it sounds like some sort of like abracadabra type thing of like, you just delight, delight in him, he'll give you whatever you want. But the way the verse is, is actually, what it's actually saying is that the desires of your heart will be given to you by God. Like he'll, he'll shape your desires. He'll shape your, like what you want to start to desire your life. And uh, he'll shape that. You'll get on board with that to you to where you're des- you'll delight in him. When, what he desires, you'll thing to us. When we, every time we talk about circumstances, all kind of other things, that's fine. Maybe between now and whenever we get to this next, we just sit in the fact that He is present within within your heart, within your mind. That He is abiding within you, and you're abiding within Him, and you're connected to Him like a vine and, and branches. And in presence and that power at work, the into and that maybe maybe we just need to spend. Some, it's like really digging into throughout our days, you know. To the point where there are times when it's very easy to sense, like in this room, you know, or times of, of worship or, or focused prayer, you know, but you ever sense the presence of God like in traffic, you know, or sitting in class or sitting at work? Maybe the more dialed in we are to His, his presence with us, His abiding presence within us, maybe all these kinds of things are like really digging in.